So back to scripture. <laughs> Philippians 2.12. Therefore, my dear friends, if you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in this warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor, labor in vain, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you, so that you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Do everything without grumbling or complaining. Hmm. Today I'm going to talk about turning your complaints into praise. And so I've been studying this passage this entire week and looking into it more and more and reading it daily to discover more about it. What do you want to say, God? And so I've had a lot of time to actually implement what God is saying to me in this passage. And I realize, like, I grumble a lot. I do. Lately, I've been grumbling a lot. And I think the older I'm getting, the more I'm grumbling. Hmm. <laughs> Been grumbling a lot about, you know, some things like people a little bit and sometimes grumbling about, you know, my age and my knees have been hurting me. I've been grumbling about that. Uh, my feet, my feet are hurting. I went to a three-hour uh, concert the other night. And for the first half hour, so you, it's just standing, right? Just the concert's three hours of just standing. First half hour, I'm like, I really like this. I like everybody standing. There's movement and stuff. And then uh, about two hours into it, I'm like, I want to sit down. My feet are hurting me. Why, didn't, why did I wear these shoes? Grumbling and complaining. It's hard not to do. As I left work on Tuesday, I was driving up Brady Street Hill right here, and while I was going up the hill, this guy in this big truck swerved over into my lane, as I'm, we're right next to each other, he swerves over into my lane and just like pushes me out of the lane and then starts screaming at me. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I was minding my own business, I was having a great day. And he's going to just push me off the road. And he's yelling at me and yelling out his window. Who here drives a big truck? <laughs> License plate, F, no. <laughs> I found myself at the stoplight thinking, I have a lot of opportunity. I was just reading this and jumped in the car and that happened. And I'm like, I have a lot of opportunity to just start grumbling about this. But I'll save it for Sunday. <laughs> to complain to you guys. We have a lot of opportunity to, to grumble and complain. And it's not only that, but other people's grumbling and complaining can actually affect our life a lot, can't it? 
If you own a business or work for a business that you're passionate about, that one Google review that's one star and just beats you up, man, that is the one thing you're thinking about. Yelp, get rid of it. It's nothing but groaning and complaining. It's that one person. I used to wait tables and Mrs. Johnson's at table six and everybody is in the kitchen saying like, no, uh, it's your turn, Neil. Like, you got to go wait on her. It's just those one, those one customers that we have that just complain about everything and it just affects us. We have so many other people in life that are amazing, but it's just a couple, right? It's a couple bad apples that just completely change our perspective. And so their grumbling and complaining can have an effect on us too. And so Paul says this amazing, beautiful passage of do everything without grumbling. So I just have a couple questions. What if there was a group of people that didn't grumble? Wow. What if there was a group of people that didn't grumble and argue? So Paul says, by the Holy Spirit, by his power in our life, we can actually live that out. We can turn our grumbling and our arguing into rejoicing, into praise. So I'd like to just look at this passage and break it down verse by verse. To just see what is he getting at? How can we do that? In verse 12, it says this. It says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have already obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He says, therefore, so he's, he's actually rebounding off of the passage that he had just said, which the passage he just said is that as Christians, we can actually live a lifestyle that we can have the mindset of Christ Jesus. And we can value others above ourselves because that's what Jesus Christ did. Is he valued us over his own life. <laughs> that's crazy. So Paul says, since Jesus lived this way and I'm inviting you into this life style, then therefore, my dear friends, as you have obeyed, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So the salvation, he's not saying like continue to be scared that you're not saved, you didn't do enough, you didn't pray the right prayer, you didn't invite Jesus in your heart, like your eternal salvation, that's not what he's inviting you into. When Jesus comes into your heart, you are saved. So your eternal salvation is, is secure in your heart. But what he says is continue to work out your salvation, this salvation of becoming more and more like Jesus, more like him and less like me. That's the goal, the salvation of Christ within me and surrendering things over to him. And then he says in fear and trembling, this isn't fear and trembling, like, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna screw up. This is more God. We are in reverence of God's awe. We, we are actually, um, we are in awe of his reverence that he's a God, he's a good God, he's a big God. So continue to work your salvation out through fear and trembling. And then he says, do everything. Can you guys say everything? Do everything without grumbling or arguing. 
You know, arguing's a whole nother passage, and I would love to talk a lot about arguing today, um, but I'm not. So uh, if, if you can get a handle on your grumbling, I'm going to tell you this, you will argue a lot less. And so if you can grasp grumbling and complaining about stuff, you're going to argue a lot less with people. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in this warped and crooked generation. So this word grumbling that Paul's using here, he's actually reverting back to Deuteronomy. And he's talking about the Israelites in the desert. So God actually rescued the Israelites from Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. You've heard of the plagues locusts and frogs and all that stuff and then so the pharaoh let the israelites go he parts the red sea and then they get over the red sea and they're out in the wilderness right they're out in the desert and so what starts happening is god has this promised land for them but instead of going to the promised land they start complaining and arguing amongst each other and so when Paul uses the word grumbling, what he's talking about is the Israelites. Like That's what it comes down to, that heart of God supplied their water, he supplied their food, he took care of them, but they always were complaining about it was never enough. It was never enough for them. And so they just constantly complained to the Lord. And so what the Lord did is he kept them in the desert for 40 years to work out their complaints. <laughs> Wow. I mean, think about that. Have you ever been on a track and you're just like kind of doing the same thing over and over and you're trying to figure out, man, I feel so stuck. This could be freedom today. This could really be freedom. So without grumbling or arguing. And then he says, here's what happens if you could live this amazing life without grumbling and arguing. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky, shine bright like a diamond, as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then you will be able to boast on the day of Christ Jesus that I did not run or labor in vain. I love how Paul wraps this into like his amazing race for Christ. Man, I'm telling you guys, like if you could just live your life without grumbling and arguing. Then I'll be able to boast on the day that I see Jesus face to face and go, man, I didn't do all that stuff in vain. It all comes down to people grumbling and arguing. And Paul says, you know what? I can actually live this life. I could do whatever comes my way. Even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you so you too should be glad and rejoice with me. You hear Paul's heart, he's saying that even as you're walking through a really hard season in life, that you can actually be glad and rejoice. How many of you experienced that? In some of the toughest seasons of life, you've found that there's something to be glad about. There's something to rejoice about. There's something to praise God for. I just want to talk about grumbling. It doesn't mean that you're always happy. That's, that's fake. Grumbling doesn't mean that you're always happy. Grumbling is complaining about a situation with no motive in sight. There's no hope in grumbling. Well, maybe if I just grumble more, something will change. No, 
It doesn't work that way. There's no movement in grumbling. There is no self-reflection in grumbling either. Can I get an amen? Amen. Once again, I had a lot of time to implement this message this week. Why am I complaining about that? Why am I upset? Am I trying to divert the, the thing that God's trying to do in me onto somebody else? There's no self-reflection. There's no movement. We're just stuck in this grumble cycle. It's like when you eat really bad. Chinese buffet. You're seven plates in. Amen. Just one more plate. (laughs) You just don't feel good, do you? Especially when you eat really bad. (laughs) Seems like every vacation is just a great time to go eat really bad. You know, you come home like, I'm 10 pounds overweight now. We were only gone for two days. (laughs) You just feel horrible. It's grumbling and complaining. As those words are coming out of our mouth, it's just like, you just don't feel good about it. But when... You speak life, it's like eating healthy, and you feel really good. And, and you know what? People like to be around you because you're speaking life. You're speaking good things. Paul's not saying that all of life is going to be amazing, and there's not going to be a season of like walking through something that's really hard that you're walking through and you can share that. He's actually writing this from prison and he's saying, you know what, guys, I've been poured out like a drink offering, like taking your entire drink. His life has just been poured out, completely poured out for the gospel of Christ to advance and he's in prison and things haven't gone exactly as he planned whatsoever. But he doesn't sit in prison and grumble and complain. He actually sits in prison and encourages the church. Hey, don't grumble and complain. Even when your life is getting poured out, even when you're in a really tough season, that's still a chance to rejoice, to praise God. And so I'm rejoicing in prison. Therefore, you should be rejoicing. So he's finding the really good in everything. And I think the way he does that is in verse 2-1, he says, if there's been anything good, if anything has been noble, if there's been any righteousness, if, if there's been anyone that's done you good in life, then therefore rejoice in that. Find the good in it. And that's the best way to get free of the grumble cycle is to start finding the good in people. Start finding the good in what God's doing. Find the little grain of sand in the good. It helps with the grumbling. Finding the good in people. This is how Paul says that we can we can actually break free from grumbling that we can actually be a movement. We could be a people. You know what? City Church could be a church that there isn't grumbling and complaining, that there isn't grumbling and arguing. I believe that. I believe that, that we could actually go into our workplace 
full of the joy of God, and we can work through things through having conversations with people that are hard, but we're not grumbling about them to somebody else. I just want to say this. If you've grumbled about somebody five times to other people, and then you finally share your grumble with the person you've been grumbling about, it's a way harder conversation than if you would have just went to them in the first place. It's harder, isn't it? But it's a way better conversation. So Paul says to the church, don't grumble and argue. Live this life that you can shine bright like a star in the sky. And I love that he uses a star in the sky because no, none of us in this room have figured out the stars in the sky. Like we, we don't look at the star. Oh, yeah, well, of course, you know, there's a lightning thing that hit that star. They, then it's gas and it's exploding at all times and it hasn't turned off yet. And we don't have that figured out. If you do, praise God for you. Keep going. But it's this phenomenon that we haven't figured out. We don't understand all the stars in the sky and where they lead to in the galaxies. And so that's what Paul's saying, that we could actually be like stars in the sky. How in the world are they able to walk through such a hard season without just churning and complaining about everything in their life? They must have something that I don't. That's what he's saying. So this is how you combat grumbling and complaining, grumbling and arguing. I just want to end with the number one grumble is people. We grumble about people, what they say, what they didn't say, what they do, what they didn't do, what they didn't follow through on. They stepped on our toes. We grumble about people. It's the number one grumble is people, others. And so Paul says, if there's been anything good from being in the church, if there's been anything good from being around other people, then you have to look for the any in people. Look for the any. So they might have let you down this time, but you know what? They've been there for you in the past. You got to look at that any. Look for the any. Even in the household, guys, look for the any. Look for the any in our spouses. Look for the any in your husband. Look for the any in your kids. Look for the any in the mother-in-law. Amen? <laughs> so when you start to want to complain about something, <laughs> I'm speaking generally for everyone. When you want to start complaining about something, look for the any. Take a moment. Step back. It's really easy to point out faults, isn't it? How good are you to point out what's good? How good are we to point out what's good? Let's be patient with people. Look for the any in them. Amy and I got a chance to get away to go to Gatlinburg and go hiking in the Smoky Mountains. 
And um, so we went on a trail that Wikipedia told us is, is a mile long. Don't trust Wikipedia. <laughs> One thing I learned in the Smoky Mountains is uh, hiking in the Smokies is a little different than uh, Scott County Park. <laughs> Note to self. So we're hiking in the Smokies, and it says it's a mile-long trail, and you get to see this beautiful overlook and this huge cave, and you actually get to be on top of it, okay? So, like, we stopped three times on the way there. Like, where is this thing? We're out there an hour or something, just hiking, and we finally make it there, and we're coming back down. It's like, oh, I don't know if that was worth it. And then we're coming back down, and we're, like, five minutes down from our hike, and this lady comes up. How much further is it? <laughs> and I said to her, you're about halfway there. <laughs> is it cool? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And she's just she's dying. <sighs> halfway, huh? Okay. Okay, kid. <laughs> so she... She passes us up. And I realized after we passed her, I totally lied to her. Wow, did I lie. Not halfway there. You're like almost there. You're five minutes away. It's right around the bend. But see, the problem was, is I had forgotten how long it had taken me to get to there. And so as I'm going back down the trail, I realize this is like a mile of going back down the trail. It's like an hour hike, or it's, it's longer than that. And that's the way it is in life. we got to trust God in the process with other people. Like sometimes we forget what God has brought us through, these seasons, and we just get so frustrated. We're complaining about a season that somebody's life is in or the, the situation that they put themselves in or whatever it may be. But you got to remember, God has walked you through so much. And so it's not time to complain. It's actually time to encourage. Hey, 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 ma'am, you're almost there. You're almost there. It's right around the bend, and it's beautiful. The life that God has for you is amazing. This is what it looks like to live this life that shines bright like a star, this encouragement in everywhere we go, in people's lives. I just want to spend a moment and just say, look how far you've come. Look what God's walked you through. If you find yourself looking in the mirror or looking at the situation of life that you're in right now and just find yourself complaining about it, man, God has walked you through so much. He's been there this whole time. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. And you will shine like a star in the sky. These are the words that Paul invites this church into. 
These words still are relevant for us today, aren't they? So what I'd love to do is just pray for us to be able to do that, to live that out. Before I do, though, one thing I realize is some of these complaints can, can really hit home. Have you ever had somebody complain about something that you're very aware of in your own life? <laughs> it's the worst. Just stuck on complaining about something that you're very aware of. Like, it's, it's something you're very aware of, too. Like, I know I'd like to change that about me, too, but I can't. <laughs> I'm working on that area, too. But they've just been complaining about it and complaining about it. And I just really felt today that the Lord just wants to break off some word curses on our life. Some of these complaints that have just stuck and have just made their home in our hearts and in our minds, and we start to live from that. I, man, that's right. You know, I guess I am that. The Lord just wants to break those off this morning. They start to mess with your identity. How God's created you. Grumbles about your life were not from the Lord. That's not what he says over you today. God is not, Jesus is not at the right hand of the Father grumbling and complaining about us today. Amen? And so if you've had any of those things that have just stuck, you know what I'm talking about. They could have even come in a text, in an email. They could have come face to face. Like, you're living from that this morning. Yeah, I'm just living that out. Starting to agree with it. Hmm. I guess they're right. I would just love to invite you to receive freedom this morning from it. Re receive freedom from those words. And receive the Father's words over your life. The one who loves you, cherishes you, created you. So I'm just going to invite you, if, if that's anyone in this room... Um, just love for you to just stand up. You're going to have to be bold and just stand up. But I receive, I, I believe that there's freedom right now in Jesus' name over those, those areas. So if that's you, if you've had some words that are just spoken over your life, you're living from them, you wake up in the morning, you're pondering them as you're taking a shower, you look in the mirror and you see them, um, you go to work and you're, you're thinking, you know what, I guess that's, what, that's who I am, that's what I've been, uh, that's what's been said over me, so therefore that's who I am. Um, I just want to break off those words right now in Jesus' name. So by the power of Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us in this room, for each and every one of us, 
and what you did for us on the cross, Lord, that we no longer have to live from guilt and shame and any other words that have been spoken over us. We don't have to live from that anymore in Jesus' name. And so uh, we just rebuke these words right now that have been spoken over our life once and for all. Lord, we just take them to the cross and we just nail them to the cross that that's not who we are. These negative words that have just been something that we've been replaying in our mind and just considering, I guess that's who I am because that's who people have said I am. They've complained about me long enough that I finally am starting to believe and agree with them. We rebuke that in Jesus' name right now. Even anything that has actually happened or been said over us when we were young, when we were kids, that we rebuke that right now in Jesus' name. Anything that is not of you, that we've been living from, that is not of you, we rebuke it right now in Jesus' name. You got to go. You need to leave. Those words don't get a place in our heart. They don't get a place in our mind. They don't get a place in our life anymore. From this moment on, in Jesus' name, they are gone. Leave. So I just invite you, even in this moment right here, to just surrender those words to Christ. Just to even put out your hands and just, you know, whatever those words are, if they feel really heavy, I just invite you to just like lift them up with your hands. Just get out of here. You don't have any place in my life. Just go ahead and put your hands out and just say, you know what? God, I'm just giving you these words. people's complaints and, and grumbling over our life, we surrender them to you. Also, just want to invite you to surrender any words that you've spoken over yourself. Who you've said you are, and it just doesn't line up with who you are at all. It's just something you're living from. Take them right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, we thank you for your power and your presence in this room, Lord, that when we call on your name, that you are with us, you are among us. And so, Lord, would you just grab those words off of each one of our hands? Just take them away. Make a big, gigantic garbage bag of garbage words that have been spoken over our life. Go ahead and keep your hands out. And Lord, I just pray that you would just fill any of those areas that those words have been taking out space in our life. Lord, would you fill them up with your word over our life, that we are your sons, we are your daughters, that we are children of God, that we are accepted, we are loved, we are beloved, we are faithful, we are honorable, we are righteous in your sight, Lord. Anything that's been taking taking the place of your word, Lord, would you just speak your word into it right now in Jesus' name? Would your words come across loud and clear over your children, that you love us, you accept us, you gave your life for us. There's no greater price that anyone has ever paid for us than your price. You put a price tag on our head that's that insurmountable of anything we could ever imagine. 
We can't even fathom how much you paid for our life, Lord, that you knit us together in our mother's womb, that you have plans for our life, even when it feels like we've made mistakes. Your plans don't end, they continue. So anything that's taken its place as your word, would you replace it with your words right now in Jesus' name? You are strong, you are courageous. You are faithful to the call that God has on your life. You are perfectly designed in his eyes. You are made in his image. He breathed the breath of life into your lungs. You are filled with the presence of God. The Holy Spirit resides inside of your heart. There is nothing you have done to separate you from the love of God. You are a good dad. You are a great mom. You are a good provider. You are a great friend. You are confident. You are courageous and you are not fearful. Your words today, God. Your words today. Lord, I just pray for this entire week over this church, over every person that's here today, every person that's listening online, Lord, that our week would just be full of your words, Lord, that we wouldn't get stuck in the grumbling and the complaining. But Lord, we would actually be stuck on your words, Lord. We would be stuck on giving you praise. Even no matter what season we're in, Lord, that we would, we would trust in your word. We would trust in your process of what you're doing. We would shine bright like the stars in the sky. In Jesus' name, amen.